0: Welcome to Cybercast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is senior researcher Sarah Cyber. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Alex. So you had the opportunity to chat with Lynette Sherrill, who is the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Information Security and Chief Information Security Officer at the VA. How'd that go?
1: It went really well. She dove into some of VA's uh, cybersecurity strategies. And over the summer, she was promoted to the formal CISO of VA. So it was exciting to hear her thoughts when she's, you know, still in the beginning of the position.
0: Very cool. So cybersecurity at the VA, obviously a very important topic. What were some of the risks or challenges that VA was facing that led them to improve their cyber posture? What are the recent issues at play?
1: Yeah, I think uh, this is going to sound cliche, but it's true. The cyber threat landscape is only expanding, and VA has faced a few critical cybersecurity issues over the past few years. Uh, so cyber attack in 2020 compromised data on 46,000 veterans after hackers breached computer systems at the agency. Last year, source code was published containing sensitive credentials on GitHub. And then the pivot to the new hybrid workforce environment also posed new threats. So they're not only having to secure systems and information within VA's physical facilities, But now they're focusing on what it means to be secure in a remote environment. Um, There have also been challenges around ransomware and phishing attempts, which Lynette will discuss more in the interview.
0: So what has VA done to strengthen their cybersecurity? I see there was the VA Cybersecurity Act of 2022. Can you tell me about some of the core principles of VA cybersecurity strategy? That are working towards this goal?
1: Yeah, so the Strengthening VA Cybersecurity Act of 2022 was proposed after some of these threats that I mentioned, and it's intended to give VA the tools it needs to effectively protect against new and emerging cybersecurity threats and safeguard veterans' personal information. So Lynette will discuss the details of its multi-pronged strategy. But VA has already made strides to improve cybersecurity, which is basically, you know, the entire theme of this episode. So I won't get too specific, but the agency is emphasizing the importance of identity management through multi-factor authentication and least privilege access. So these will be areas to keep an eye on moving forward. And then Lynette also mentioned that you have to assume that there's a breach and secure systems through that lens. So instead of taking that perimeter based approach using buzzwords here, <laughs> but securing each entity within itself and that plays into zero trust as well.
0: You know, hearing about all of the cybersecurity makes me think I could not handle the pressure of working in this field. I mean, constantly being on guard that, you know, zero trust mindset, preempting everything. I mean, it's hard work. It really is. But obviously, it's very important and very necessary. So looking ahead, what's next for VA cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. First of all, it's like imagine you just always expect somebody's going to break into your house at any second. That's terrifying. <laughs> but in terms of what's next for VA cybersecurity, Lynette discussed setting up stretch goals for current cybersecurity measures. Basically, what this means is continuing to make progress on existing priorities and aiming to iteratively improve on initiatives like multi factor authentication. I think we'll also see new goals around workforce training, and Lynette says that that's key to effective cybersecurity within the VA.
0: Well, with all of that in mind, let's take a listen to your conversation.
1: Thank you for coming on the show today. Great. Thanks,
2: Sarah. It's great to
1: be here. Yeah, so to kick off the episode, how is VA using federal cybersecurity requirements or legislation to inform its cyber strategy?
2: Well, um, thanks for that question. Um, You know, the recent legislation has really brought into focus some very key initiatives for all federal agencies to focus on. So with that, that is, that obviously for cybersecurity professionals is great, And specifically in VA, we have been using the recent legislation to really strengthen our cybersecurity. All throughout FY22, we made some significant advancements with deployment of endpoint detection and response capabilities. We also implemented and improved our security um, vulnerability management program by we're now able to say that we we have more than 93% of our vulnerabilities managed on our network, well above um, industry standard of about 70%. Wow. We also have um, enforced multi-factor authentication at with 96% of our end-user community, and used and all this using the legislation to talk with people and open up those conversations. Um, letting people know why it's important because when people hear, oh, it's it's legislation, and um, it's it does open up the conversation and it gives you those um, those key points to say, hey, this is why this is important, and it starts that conversation for you. In other areas where we've used recent legislation, the um, the National Defense Authorization Act bans certain devices on federal networks. We've we've been able to accomplish removing 80% of those devices. And for the ones that are still left on our networks, they're completely isolated. Um, on our ne- They're completely isolated. So they, have, they can have no impact on our network. And then we've just also continued to modernize and improve our cybersecurity strategy all throughout FY22. So those are just some of the places where we've been able to really leverage that legislation to improve our cyber program.
1: Right. It's been really exciting to watch over the past year alone. I feel like there has been a lot of advancements. So kudos to you and your team. So as the threat landscape continues to change and expand, how is VA taking an agile approach to ensure the protection of your agency and veterans information?
2: Well, as you've heard us talk about before, myself and our CIO, um, zero trust is really at the heart of our cybersecurity strategy. And what that means is we um, we enforce strong identity verification. So every user, every end user on our network, we know who they are and where they're authorized to go. And we um, also ensure that the devices they're connecting to our network with are healthy, meaning they have they're not they haven't been compromised. Mm -hmm. They have all the latest patches. They have all the latest security configuration on those devices. So, we have the most assurance that those devices are healthy. We're currently deploying telemetry and advanced algorithms to really be able to detect attacks faster and isolate them in a more automated way. And then, um, obviously, one of the big ones that, that everyone always struggles with is enforcing least privilege access, ensuring that everyone on our network, and with the size and scope of VA, it's Super difficult, but just ensuring that all 580,000 people that have accounts on our network are only have the level of privileges necessary to do the job they need to do. Um, so really just enforcing that least privilege access and and keeping super diligent about that as we go throughout our day-to-day and conducting those regular audits to make sure we're staying there. Um, a couple of the other ways that we're also doing that is Um, protecting sensitive VA information as that additional line of defense. So while we can do those first four things super well, it's just not enough. And so we've got to really dive in and, and protect that data as that next line of defense as well. And then it's assuring the health of our IT supply chain. As you know, legislation as well as just advancements, supply chain risk management has become One of the new cyber um, venues, if you will, that we all have to pay attention to. What does that supply chain really look like for us? And and what is our risk as, as we review that and understand it? And then for us, really planning for and preparing for a breach or an incident, making sure our teams know how to respond. So it's really just that practicing. Doing those tabletop exercises, doing those simulations, and really making sure that if it ever happens and it and it does and it will, that our teams are ready and they know how to how to respond well. And so do our, and frankly, so do our end users. So those are just kind of some of the ways that we're really trying to take that approach, that agile approach. I mean, that was a whole litany of things. The agile part to that is those are just the core tenets. And really what we're trying to do is. Take those core tenants. and my mantra with the team lately has been: if we have an event, or even if we hear of an event, a security event, that's happening in industry, that we take that, we bring it into our environment, and we try to learn from it so that we are more secure on the on the other side of that event than we were going into it. So let's constantly be learning and improving everything that we do today, so that. Two days from now, or even three weeks from now, we look different and we're more secure than we were.
1: Right. That's a great motto to follow. And as you were talking about, you know, training, simulation, MFA, least privilege access, I'm sure that's even more important, you know, as we operate in this hybrid model. Exactly.
2: Um, Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So how is VA enhancing cybersecurity through partnerships and information sharing? I've heard a lot around, you know, cyber
2: is a team sport. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, it is a team sport. I mean, clearly we have to always be latched in with our business partners because we certainly don't want to ever deploy um, cybersecurity that impacts their ability to deliver care to veterans. And That can so easily happen because with cybersecurity tools, remember, we have the ability to just shut stuff off and shut it down, keep it from accessing the network. So um, we don't want to do that. We have to take that risk-based approach. We have to understand what is the level of risk that we have here and how do we mitigate that risk to an acceptable level to allow whatever that is to continue to operate because everything brings risk. You know you take on risk just driving down the highway every day. so we mm-hmm. we all make risk- based decisions as we go throughout our day. and it's really just partnering with those business partners to do that and and have those conversations, but also partnering across federal government and understanding through the partnerships with CISA and other federal agencies, what what is the current threat landscape? What is everybody seeing and sharing that information? We have a particularly close partnership with the Health and Human Services Organization. Mm -hmm. And then uh, myself and the CIO, as well as our our teams, are actively involved in Federal CISO Council, Federal CIO Council, where we're just in those month-to-month meetings of sharing threat intelligence across the federal government. So they all are really stronger together than we would be if we were trying to figure this all out on our own.
0: We're going to take a break from today's interview and play a game I call Archive Deep Duck, where I challenge our hosts to identify a previous guest on our podcast. Playing today are Deputy Editor Kate Macri and Senior Researcher Sarah Syber. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Here are the rules I will play the clip, and if you know the answer, buzz in using a buzzword. Today's buzzword <laughs> is. Innovation ecosystem.
2: We have to say that whole thing. The whole thing.
0: <laughs> and if you get it wrong, the, uh, the, the clip, not the, not the buzzword, I guess both. Uh, <laughs> if you get it wrong, the other player gets a chance to guess. If neither of you get the answer, I open the floor to random guessing until somebody gets it right or I give up and tell them. There are three clips. Are you ready?
1: Yes. I don't know. It's a really long buzzword, so I have to, like, say it in my head a couple of times to make sure I actually, like, remember to say it this time.
0: (laughs) Well, here goes nothing. (laughs) Here is clip one.
1: We expect manufacturers to build in cybersecurity from the design and development stage onward. We're very clear, I think, if you look at presentations I've given, my colleague Matt Hazlett has given, Dr. Schwartz has given, we say very clearly... Innovation Ecosystem. Yes. Jessica Wilkerson with FDA.
0: Yes, Jessica Wilkerson, (laughs) Cyber Policy Advisor at FDA. And all the notifications are going off to (laughs) celebrate. Yay. (laughs) All right. Our second clip.
2: We're working with the ECMA team and Paul Puckett on ensuring interoperability. And we've also partnered with the NSA Zero Trust team to ensure
1: that what's being put in place is... Oh, oh, Innovation Ecosystem. Yes. It's Angel Fan of CISO of Army Software Factory.
0: You got it. Angel yes. Fan of CISO Army Software Factory. Excellent. Oh, man. <laughs> We're tied. It's oh anybody's game going into clip three. Oh, boy. Are you ready? Make or break.
1: Let's do it.
0: We're uh, you know, in, in the hosting and computer center, or hack as we call it.
2: Innovation Ecosystem. Yes. Corey Seville, technical director at Hack.
0: Yes. Just a- <gasps> well done, it is Corey Seville. Sorry.
1: I was this close. Oh,
0: man, it was a real close game, but Kate swoops in and wins it all. Congratulations. Anything like to say?
1: Well, I feel like you could have tried a little harder to trip me up this time, Alex, because they kind of gave themselves away by name dropping who they work for who they work with
0: (laughs) well this may have been an easy archive deep dive this time around but there's nothing to say that you'll be this lucky next time so stay tuned (laughs) listeners for our next game until then thanks for listening and now back to our episode
1: You alluded to some of what I'm about to ask you earlier in the episode uh, with training and simulations and uh, sharing best practices. But what are some of the specific programs or training opportunities that VA offers to ensure that your workforce stays up to speed with evolving threats?
2: So the most um, probably the the most prevalent is going to be just that annual um, cybersecurity and privacy Training that all that all employees are required to do are all people that access the VA network. Um, in addition to that, you know we really getting involved in promoting the annual information security and Privacy Awareness Week and Cybersecurity Awareness Month and making that an active event for the VA workforce is super important to just con- continually bringing that awareness forward. One of the other things that we do monthly that is um, super important is our phishing campaigns, and they're really intended to be training campaigns. And it is where we actively use automation to send out phishing emails or fake phishing emails, if you will. Mm-hmm. I get those That's- too. Yeah, exactly. Fake phishing emails themselves are fake. Is a little is a little weird to say that, but you know, we send out <laughs> fake phishing emails to see if our VA and user community is actually clicking on these phishing emails, or are they learning how to recognize those fake emails and, um, and responding? So if they do click on a fake email, then we send them a follow-up link at, with a little training video where we're trying to constantly bring that awareness to them. And that campaign has been super successful, and we're starting to ramp that up. And we do change that based on the threat landscape and what we're seeing happen in the environment as we bring that threat intelligence into the organization.
1: Yeah, I have also, our company sends out those fake phishing emails and they're definitely
2: good for training. Yes, they are. They are very good. And and the teams have gotten really good at creating them. So
1: yeah, yeah, they're definitely, I feel like I can spot them much better now. And one of the priorities moving into the next question uh, from the secretary down is implementing this eye care model. So how is VA using the eye care model to drive its cybersecurity strategies?
2: Well, um, I think it's good for the listeners to know that eye care model in VA stands, it's actually an acronym that stands for integrity, commitment, advocacy, respect, and excellence. And it has been a motto we've had for a few years, so it's pretty ingrained in the culture at this point. But mm-hmm. um, you know that in cybersecurity, the eye care model, I think there's a, there's a direct link. There's clearly a direct link that it reflects the core values of VA's work in supporting our nation's veterans. In addition to that, it it ties directly into our um, our CIOs vision for digital transformation so the cio's vision for digital transformation really challenges all of oit to become the best it organization in the federal government and that he wants us to do that through vision driven execution operational excellence delightful end user experiences and people excellence and i think you know that directly ties back to those i care values of just integrity commitment advocacy respect for one another, and just excellence in everything that we do. So I think to say that in OIT, we are we are living and breathing those eye care values every single day is, is an understatement because it so clearly ties to both the CIO's mission or vision-driven execution, as well as our own cybersecurity strategies. And And my mantra for my team that we value people, we value every person that shows up every day to help us care for the cybersecurity of the VA.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and ties perfectly into the veteran centric model that I hear everyone at VA talk about, because at the end of the day, that's, you know, what's most important. So moving forward, where do you see VA's top cyber threats? And what will you do to proactively combat them?
2: Well, that is a great question. Um, I don't think that VA cybersecurity threats are different than than everyone else's, and I think we're taking a pretty industry standard approach to them. I mean, the top cyber threats, even across across healthcare, across finance, even across the federal government, is are really phishing, is a huge. Is still a huge vector. Mm-hmm. Um, web-based attacks to deliver malicious code. So that's when when an end user just browses to a website that they go to every day, but this time that website has had some malicious code embedded in it that the user is unaware of. We continue to see ransomware attacks all around the healthcare industry. A lot of them have been in the news lately. It's um probably the biggest one that that hit closest to home for us recently was the um national suicide line being taken out of service Mm -hmm. and you know that clearly impacted our veteran suicide line for a, a little while while that was down but our veterans still had access to chat and they still had access to our 800 number because it was just the new 988 portion that was taken down so um we, we were still able to provide those services, but obviously those are very scary events for us. They're they're mission impacting
0: and, mm-hmm. again,
2: challenging the teams. Find out what those indicators of compromise were. Find out how that happened. And let's look at our own internal stuff and figure out how do we make sure we that won't happen to us or that we are as secure as we possibly can be against that. So um, I think... You know, as we see those cyber threats, kind of reiterating something I said earlier, we are really trying to take on the stance of let's let's double check everything again. Let's let's go through and do an audit and just recheck those elevated privileges, recheck all of those workstations and and make sure that we're we're secure as we think we are <laughs> and right. and that and look for those improvements along that audit journey and see what we can do to make sure that 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 we are as secure as we think we are and then you know if to combat it it's really about just always thinking about what can we do what can we do more and then just ever evolving our security detection and response capabilities and that's, that's along that same line. What are we doing to continuously improve? Continuously challenging ourselves. How do we protect ourselves better? Or how do we do more here? And maybe automate it. How do we automate that look there? And having people look at, at maybe the same idea with a fresh set of eyes or a fresh set of ideas. So those are some of the ways that we are really trying to combat our top cyber threats at this point.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as you mentioned, VA is massive. It has health benefits, claims, finances. So uh, there's a lot of ground to cover and a big mission, uh, but you have a great team. So I look forward to watching how you continue to evolve your cyber strategy. Speaking of, you developed VA Zero Trust strategy earlier this year. What are some of the key components of the strategy and how do you hope it'll mature your cyber posture?
2: Well, we kind of talked through those. I I kind of think I jumped the gun on you a little bit. (laughs) and I I went through all the key components of the cyber strategy a little earlier, Mm -hmm. but just to click down um, maybe a couple more steps into that. We've taken those tenets or those goals for our, our zero trust first cybersecurity strategy, and we've actually developed them into the an objective of achieving cybersecurity excellence and identified some key results that we want to really get after. And, and key results in the OKR world being stretch goals, really stretching the teams and challenging them that, We want to do this. We want to make sure we're at 96% MFA today. We've challenged the team to get us to 100% MFA. I never want to give out a user ID and password in VA again. I want 100% MFA, and that's the kind of stretch goals that we've we've challenged them with this year. Really, um, getting all of our 100% of every account in VA that has not been used in 30 days, disabling that account so that there is no opportunity there for anyone. Let's not wait for 90 days of inactivity. Let's do it at 30 days. And let's figure out how we get there. Let's really look at that and improve that level of security. So those are the kind of the ways that we're doing that. We're taking the tenets of that zero trust for cybersecurity strategy and we're, we're making them real and challenging the teams with those key results to let's drive to that. That's our north star. That's the goal. We may not make it. We may only get to ninety nine point five percent, but you know what? Let's go for it. Let's really drive at that. So right. I think those, that is a really big way that we are we're just trying to set a different culture and drive the teams to those new goals as we as we try to move this forward.
1: Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, And it was great to learn more about the different strategies you have going on uh, across the workforce, across cybersecurity. I really appreciate the time you took to chat with me today about those different aspects.
0: Thank you, Sarah. That was a great conversation. Uh, It did not make me feel any less stressed out on behalf of the VA. But um, I do feel a lot better knowing all of the actions and steps being taken to make sure that their cybersecurity posture is as strong as possible. Before we let our listeners go, do you have any last thoughts or takeaways that you want to leave them with?
1: Yeah, I think looking ahead, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the strengthening VA Cybersecurity Act of 2022. So it requires VA to obtain an independent audit of its IT systems and cybersecurity programs. So I think after we see those results, it'll really shape the future of what cybersecurity looks like at the Department of Veterans Affairs.
0: And you can rest assured, our dear listeners, that with every development, GovCIO Media and Research will be here to guide you through the latest news in cybersecurity. Sarah, thank you so much. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new interview. But until then, that's all for today's Cybercast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Boliva. I'm Sarah Seibert. Thank you for listening. Cybercast, along with GovCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. If you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.